to the Global Math Department. My name is Jill Bemis and I will be your host tonight. Tonight we're going to hear from Dr. Sue Looney about same but different, a language-based routine promoting equity, equity, sorry, in the classroom. Um, would everyone please introduce themselves or continue doing that in the chat window, telling us what you teach, where you teach, and what your Twitter handle is. Before I introduce the speaker, I would like to explain how this meeting works. These meetings are recorded and are available within 24 hours after the meeting ends. To view the recording, you can use the same URL you used to get here tonight. You also will probably receive another email. The global math community prides itself on being friendly and supportive. The chat room is available for topical and general conversation throughout the meeting. I will do my best to catch your questions for Dr. Looney. And so don't worry if she doesn't answer them right away. Our speaker tonight is Dr. Sue Looney, and she's going to introduce herself. So I am going to turn it over to Dr. Looney. Awesome. Thank you so much. I um, am so happy to be here this evening. And um, if it's daytime for you, good morning. And we're just going to jump right in. There's a lot that we're going to be sharing, um, but we're going to be making this connection to a couple of things. We're talking about a math routine, but I'm going to be talking about language a lot. And, um, and also how this is a routine that we can use in the service of equity, right? Because we believe that all students are deserving of powerful experience in that math classroom. So that's what we're gonna talk about um, and we're gonna get going. And so this is your time you chose to be here. So a reminder, if your phone is on, and, you, know, you might wanna shut it off and sort of hone in and I'll try to go fast and furious and keep you entertained and engaged as we go, whoops. Um, so why are you here today? I'm going to give you some choices and then I'm going to ask us to use the chat to share our reasons. So why are you here? Maybe you're not sure what the routine is and you saw the title and, and you're curious about that. Or maybe you decided to come today because you want to try out a new language based routine to better reach your students. Or maybe you're here because you want to engage your students in creating powerful and equitable experiences. And so which one of these three reasons maybe resonates most with you or perhaps other? If you would put the number into the chat, one, two or three, what prompted you to, 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 to come this evening or the, this day, you know, this morning to participate? Awesome. So a little bit of everything. And, and sometimes people will say my own reason. Veronica is saying two and three. Excellent. Excellent. So whatever reason brought you here today um, or this evening, my job is to support you on your journey as you learn about how to use this routine. And it's something I feel really strongly about. That's funny. Lebo says two and a half. Nice to see you here at Lebo. So he's uh, he has used the routine and posted recently about it. So whatever the reason you're here, I'm here to support you. And so um, I want you to just sort of imagine that these three simple words can make all of the difference, same but different. And just knowing that question and task to ask can really change the game for some students. 
So some of you may know me. I might be new to some of you, but this is just quick information. I have a professional development organization called Looney Math Consults Consulting. Most of my teaching was in a fifth grade classroom. And when I began pursuing my doctorate, I fell in love with early childhood. Um, I have a children's book, uh, Ying and the Magic Turtle. And basically, I feel like my job is to work in the service of students and to help teachers appreciate young learners. These are some things that where you might have seen me, um, the same but different book, Ying, that's the cover right there. And also the series that I did last year, the Math Together show interviewing um, many, many people. But most important is this picture here that I take great pride in. So this is me um, doing uh, some work down in Ecuador in the city of Guayaquil and working in a classroom, coaching a teachers in the background, observing. And the day before, these students were all in rows and no one was talking. And I was like, all right, let's let's roll up our sleeves here. And so I really believe that all students deserve powerful, joyful and meaningful experiences with math. And so that's who I am. And same but different fits right into that. So what are you going to learn today? You'll learn why it's a powerful routine. So maybe you're already familiar with it, but I'll start to get into some of the research into why it's a powerful routine. How can you use it either in person or online? Maybe some of you are still involved in some online distance learning, and maybe that's going to be a permanent position for you. Um, what images are going to be best for you to use? How can you create your own? And then what does this have to do with equity? So those are the five things that we're going to do in our short time together tonight. So as I go, feel free to plop those questions in the chat. And then Jill, you'll interrupt me and slow me down if somebody has a question. So I'm going to start out with this one. Even if I'm in a high school, I start with this picture because it is like low entry, easy for us to have a conversation about. And I'm, I want to, you to answer the question, what is the same but different? And I'd like you to use the chat and I'd like us to start with the sentence stems that are posted there for you. So we give our students a way to engage in conversation and to add language around what they wanna say. So tapping into that expressive language piece, which can be so hard for kids, right? They can say, I just know it, right? So they are the same because blank or they are different because blank. So if you would go ahead and use the chat and compare and contrast the two different images of the puppies there. So Jill and Carol, you're in agreement with one another. They're the same because they both contain dogs. And from Jill, we also have that they both contain two dogs, right? So now we have more information. They're different because the two on the right have bandanas from Kathy. So on the right, so now we have some positional language. And so learning right and left is an aspect of being able to describe our surroundings. They are not identical. So there's lots of room for conversation about things like similarity, congruence, equivalence, right? So we can just start with dogs that aren't identical, but they're similar because there's something the same. Um, Kiara says they are different because of the breeds. And so Kiara knows something about dogs and breeds perhaps, and we could jump in on that and she might be excited to share that. And so Marianne, they are the same because they both have two dogs and one is little and one is big. Awesome job. 
different because one pair from Frank is different size. So now we have more vocabulary. We have the vocabulary of pair. So what's a pair? So when we're doing this in the classroom and we go through the protocol, which I'm going to show you and we're going to watch a short video, um, you have more opportunity for that turn and talk and, to, and for me to ask you to tell me more. I was trying to have the functionality of using microphones, but it didn't it didn't work out this evening. So I might say to you, oh, can you tell me a little bit more about pair? What is a pair? Does anyone know what pair means, right? We've got right, left, opposite pair, shorter, taller. Awesome. And then Jill is really focusing in on two. Nice job. Really nice job. Jill, are we going, am I going to be able to have volume on a video that I show? Um, I don't know. We'll okay. try it and see. You should. Okay, great. We should have tested. Okay, great. So if I was doing this in an online class, I could literally go in if I wanted and copy from the chat and then just paste that right in there. We could also turn our microphones on and be sharing right out loud. So there are ways to share when we are working from a distance. And yes, Lebo, so many entry points, so important. So when we get into that equity piece, everybody can add value to the conversation. So how did I come to this routine? So it's really, it's really interesting. It's been almost 20 years. I, my son, this is my son who is now turning 20 on October 4th. And when he was young and he was three years old, he was having some trouble with language, with expressive language. And he was really having a hard time, it turned out, making sense of his world. And he had an issue around problem solving and integrating new information. So something that kind of sits in our frontal lobe and has to do with executive functioning. But as a three-year-old, all it looked like was this very frustrated child who was getting upset a lot and couldn't make sense of new information. And a speech and language pathologist said to us, her name is Sarah Ward, and she said, I want you to work with a routine, same but different. And this is going to help Joey make sense of his world because he sees the world in black and white. And when new things come about and they don't fit into what he already knows, he does not know where to put that information. And as we worked with this routine with him, being the math person that um, sees everything through you know, a set of math glasses, I was like, oh my gosh, math has a lot that's same but different. So I'm gonna just dig into that a little more. This idea of grayscale thinking. So there's this idea that there's shades of gray. There are these nuances, there is this overlap. And so the routine is really about helping kids develop flexibility of thought and making connections. And so we can simultaneously be same and different. Those things can be happening at the same time. For many kids, they don't have grayscale thinking. And this can continue into adult years where we have people that are just very black and white, right? And so black and white thinking is very primitive, our early on thinking. And as we grow in our understanding and make connections, we're able to see overlap and understand there's something in between black, white, up, down, left, right, set, sad or happy, hot or cold. There are these things in the middle, right? There is grayscale nuances and connections. And when we start to see that, that intersection and yet the separateness, that's when we start to be able to categorize things. 
So it's a really, really important skill. And so for my son, this came into play and just like, you know, how do I get through my day with new information coming at me? But in the math classroom, we can jump on that um, background about helping kids develop some executive functioning skills. This is really, really important. I strategically use the word but based on what I learned from the speech and language pathologist. I never ask children, are these the same or are they different? And now they have to choose because the beauty is actually the fact that they're both. It would be okay to have the word and in there and that would work too, same and different, but there's something about but that is like triggering. They're the same, but guess what? They're also different, right? So I really prefer the word but, but the big takeaway for you is that we never want to like pick a side. Are you going to argue same? Or are you going to argue different? I need all kids to see both sides of that conversation in order to see that overlap. I keep doing this. Um, if you can see my hands, kind of like thinking like that Venn diagram, that intersection piece. Okay. And so why is same but different a powerful routine for the classroom? So that's kind of how it came to me through special ed lens, through language-based learning disabilities and thinking about executive functioning. And then my math brain went, oh, this applies there too. So it, we also know from research about um, high leverage instructional practices that one of the best things we can do with students is engage them in comparative work and looking at similarities and differences. So this is the research that was done with Marzano, but there's multiple studies that have been done about the idea of compare and contrast and how powerful that is and how that helps students in thinking. Right underneath that list is summarizing and they also have note taking, but the idea of summary is also part of what happens in the routine of same but different and that's a very powerful activity to engage students in. But like you just saw with the dogs and my story about my son, we can talk about same but different even if you're three years old, but we get all these gains because we start that categorical thinking. Please jump in with questions if you have them. Um, oops. So what are those benefits? I've got four of them listed here. First of all, when we engage in compare and contrast activities, we strengthen memory. And the reason we do that is there's more connection. So for Joey, who was struggling, everything was, it was just like a lot of information and nothing made sense. So when we start to foster connections, it's like, oh, when I need that information, I can pluck it back out of my brain more easily. Does that make sense? I'm enhancing memory because it's like my file system for where that goes is becoming more organized, okay? It's a higher order skill involved here when we compare and contrast, but we are analyzing and we are synthesizing information. So we're not, I mean, we're not in the realm of recall. Right. We're not just regurgitating information. I'm giving you information for you to be the sense maker of. We increase comprehension because we focus in on here's all the stuff, but here's what's important. So it's nice. Usually I hear the dogs are cute. Right. Usually I definitely hear about breeds, bandanas, haircut, left, right, all that. But what I really want you to know is that two is two. So no matter what kind of dogs I put it on the screen there, that one shows two and this one shows too. And so I'm highlighting the important detail. And so in an early childhood classroom, that active, that problem is about understanding what two means and that a picture of two can look different, but both be two. And 
maybe the most important thing so that it, it this transcends whether I or you put an activity in front of kids, you're developing a habit of mind so that as children learn to bump up against new information, they learn to say to themselves, how is this the same as what I already know? They go into their little mental filing cabinet, but it's different in this very important way, right? So I learn about decimals and I'm like, wow, those are a lot like fractions, but they're different in this unique way, the way that we write them, right? But they're representing parts of wholes, okay? And so we develop this habit of mind so that when we're not there, we're just this voice in the background that's like, oh my gosh, same but different anytime we encounter new information. This is just a picture of all of those skills that come into play. All of these skills are happening as you engage with the routine. So it's super powerful and it's for all ages. So what does it look like? How do we use it? I'm not going to focus as much online because you're experiencing it a little bit today, but I am going to give you, there's a handout and some interactive slides where you are able to um, sort of see and take that protocol with you. So. First of all, here's a protocol. It's a little bit small on the screen. This is something that you can download at the website that you see here, which is where I have all of the images that I've created posted and they're all free and they will always be. They'll never be like a login or any of that. Um, but you can link and download a picture of that protocol that you could hang up. Um, I worked in a first grade classroom where kids would sit side by side with images and that protocol laminated for them and they worked their way through it. But there are six steps to it. And the best way that I can show it to you is to show you it in action. So we're going to watch that video clip. But um, quickly, we have that we look at the image. So we take in visual cues and like our first our first thing is they're both dogs. Yes, I see that they're dogs, right? They're both yellow. They're both triangles. They're both numbers. Just what is hitting you right away with your eyes. And then we start attending to the nuances. So number two is think silently. So important. I literally set a timer. It's very, very important that people don't start sharing answers and raising hands because we short circuit the thinking for someone else that's still processing. It's very anxiety producing when the person next to me is doing Arnold Horshack for anyone who's my age and is doing the oh, 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 right? Now I can't think deeply. So we are all silent and we allow our brain to move off of the immediate they're just dogs and into and what else can I see? And now learning happens in a social context, okay? That is that is when we share, we attach language and we have conversation, we're in a social scenario and that's when learning really happens deeply. Oh, Sherry knows, Sherry watched the show. So um, turn and talk or talk in your group or share on a Google um, presentation together. All of those things are critical. Number four is now the whole class. Now we're gonna all come together and share and I can call on different people or I've been walking around and then we summarize. So that I say yes and the, those both pictures both show two dogs. So the teacher summarizes the conversation and there's an optional step for kids to do it on their own. So we're gonna watch it. Hopefully it's gonna work. Um, I think I'm going to have to, if, mm, let's see what happens. It's, it's not going to go on the PDF. So Jill, if I want to share my screen, 
I'm going to choose. I think that'll work and we'll see. We'll see what happens. And I think just leave your volume on and we may have to do that. Let's see what happens. Please interrupt me if you are not um, hearing it and we'll just stop and we'll continue to talk through it and you can take this and watch on your own time. It's about an eight minute clip. Same but different is a powerful to math classrooms. By comparing and contrasting images, students learn a way of thinking called grayscale thinking. This routine helps students to build a network of ideas and an approach for making sense of mathematical concepts. Today we are going to do another lesson of same but different. So today what we're going to do is use this up here and we're going to think how are each of these pictures the same but different? So look up there and I want you to think what is the same but what is different? is a critical step because it provides an access point for everybody to be prepared to enter the conversation. This helps to ensure equity in the classroom. What is the same but different? What do you know? Do you need a friend? Yeah. Hi. Hi. I don't have one. Build the same but different. And I'm going to ask someone to build one side 
and then someone's going to build the other side as the same but different. When students create their own same but different, they have the opportunity to make sense of the mathematics in their own unique way. Visit the website for more images for pre-kindergarten through 8th grade. A special thank you to Mrs. McHugh's kindergarten class. Thanks for watching. All right. So, um, how do I get my presentation back on here now? Hmm. I'm just going to keep sharing my screen, I think. You, got, can I, you all can hear me, though, correct? We can hear you. Okay. That was weird. When I came back, um, when I practiced this earlier, so I'll just go back to sharing. It's no problem. I like to use the example of a kindergarten class because I think Same there's um, there's some unique challenges with young kids. But this is this is the same protocol that I would use with high school kids going through those steps. You'll have noticed in the video that the steps are different than numbers. And remember, I said there was something brand new that you were seeing tonight. So I've just updated the protocol. I'm actually. Um, working on a book that should be out in the spring that'll be published by Rutledge and it will be same but different and we'll have some fresh images in the back and all this research and stuff presented and so I just rewrote the protocol so the numbers are off but the steps are, are really the same if that makes sense so let me the only thing that I can't see now is the chat so I will need to be um, It'll need to be called to my attention if there's a question in there, if that's okay, because I can't see the chat and show. Dr. Looney, we're not seeing, or at least on my side, all I'm seeing is a screen that says loading. Oh, it's going slow. Okay, let's just uh, pause for a second. I show that I'm sharing and I'm going to- There you stop. go. It's back. Oh. It's And now I stopped it. Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. We were doing great. And then I showed the video. So just bear with me. Let me try it again, share my screen. Um, so we'll just be a little patient. So is it telling you it's loading or are you seeing it? It's currently loading, Sue. Okay, all right, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep, I think it's probably gonna come. Yep, it's um, on there now. Great. If we work with older children, the protocol is still the same. It just obviously looks different. We're maybe not sitting on that colorful rug and we're not um, partnering in exactly the same way, but the, the protocol is the same. It's those steps from up here where we walk through. This is the fresh brand new one where the numbers are different. If you're working online and in a distance setting, basically it changes a little bit. So turn and talk may or may not be something that you're going to break it, do where you would do a quick breakout room. That's the way that you would do it. You would do a quick breakout room for one or two minutes. You might just only have silent think time. So you have to think about how we, how we get them thinking and gathering their thoughts and interacting. But when we respond, it works really nicely. So we can respond in the chat box using Google Slides using a Jamboard, um, they can hold up whiteboards, we can turn on microphones. There's a lot of ways for students to share their work. And in a, an interactive slideshow that I'll share the link in a moment, we can have students typing right onto the slides. And so we can now have a record instead of walking around with a turn and talk, everybody's coming together, 
different students might be sharing a different slide and putting their thoughts on there. So the protocol looks a little different there, but then the rest is the same. We generalize, that's where we come together, you conclude, and then students can create their own. Moving on, I had another example, but we're gonna keep going because I wanna get into how I empower you beyond, you know, feeling like you might like to go to the website and take images from there. How can you use this and know this is an opportunity for using same but different? And what I'd like to do now is take this link again. Um, I'm gonna copy this link. Oh, nope, I'm, I don't, I, we're gonna, I'm gonna rely on the chat because if I copy the link and put it in the chat, I'm gonna lose my slides again. So which images are the best? We're gonna use the chat. You can click on this link and you'll see that I have categorized early numeracy, addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, measurement, place, value, fractions, geometry, and algebra. And you can click on and in there, there's anywhere from 20 to 50 images that you can pick from. So that's one way to get images. But another way is for you to think about the mathematics. It really always comes down for mathematics. And very strangely with me, like everything does, I feel like everything in life comes down to mathematics. Wherever I am, that's what I'm seeing. I'm being bombarded. There are three places where it's wonderful to use same but different. And you don't need to go to a website and pull up an image. They are when you are connecting concepts. They are for common misconceptions. But as I'm writing this book, I've come across some new research that says, let's call those naive conceptions. So misconceptions almost implies like there's something bad going on, like you're doing it wrong, right? But sometimes what's happening is it's actually a naive conception. So we're going to look at an example of that. And the third way are concepts that are taught in pairs. So what do I mean by that? So here's an example of two images where I am showing students and I say, how are these two the same but different? Because I want to connect some concepts. So using the chat, um, perhaps someone can drop in there. What, it, what two concepts do you think I'm connecting? And I'm just gonna pause for a minute, let everyone think and see if anyone wants to jump into the chat. So if I'm teaching early childhood and I'm teaching counting, I might want to look at what it means to count up and to count down, to count forwards and to count backwards. And so in the image up here in the top left corner, we are adding one more finger every time. And then we say the next number in the counting sequence. So I put up one finger and then another finger makes two and another finger makes three and the count goes up. And then when the count goes down, we subtract a finger each time. And so counting forwards and backwards, we can look at how those two things connect. And we can look at the connection between the next number in the counting sequence and the next um, and adding one more item. And in this case, it's fingers. So that's an example of concepts that connect. Another example, if I look into um, upper grades, I might be making a connection between ratio and fractions. So how are ratio and fractions the same but different? That's a pretty big question. I'd like to just pause for a moment and see if you might put some ideas in the chat of, of concepts that you wanna connect 
and get students engaged with comparing and contrasting. So I'm just going to pause for a moment and, and then if you can let me know if anything pops in the chat. One of the things that I'm doing um, with the book that I'm putting together is just giving teachers a worksheet where we stop and think like, as I'm starting this unit, what is some prior knowledge that I wanna connect to the new knowledge that's coming up? And then what are two images I might use or two expressions or two numbers or two vocabulary words? What are some things that I wanna explicitly connect? Third grade example, I'm about to teach multiplication. I want to connect that to repeated addition. So maybe I put up two plus two plus two and two times three. What's the same? What's different? I'm trying to explicitly connect. That's the first way. Another thing are common misconceptions or what I'm liking to now think of as naive conceptions. So in this picture here, this would be very typical um, to help out a third grade classroom deal with a naive conception. So I wonder if any of you are interested in putting in the chat, what do you think I've seen as a third grade teacher? I'm just starting out a unit on fractions and I'm like, oh, we should talk about this. There's something I'm seeing frequently happen and so I decide to use these two images to compare contrast. So often, do you know what a third grader will say this is? They'll say these are thirds because there's one, two, three pieces. And these are thirds because there's one, two, three pieces. And they're missing that in order to be called thirds, they have to be equal in area in this case. And so if they don't have equal area, they're not thirds, for example, right? These are not the same size pieces. And so we have a really rich conversation. I've used this one a lot. So can you think of examples as you're teaching when you see a particular naive conception or misconception? Can you compare and contrast what's happening to take a look at that? If we think about exponents, if we think about two raised to the third power, what does that mean? It means two times two times two. Um, but do students misunderstand what that raised power means and what might I compare that to? What is the common mistake that happens there? And the most common mistake is they want to say it's two times three. And so we could put those two things next to each other. So as you're teaching, your second way that you, you can think to yourself, oh, a good task for me to ask is when you start noticing there's a theme of a naive conception. They're, they're getting confused here or they don't quite understand where I'm headed. So let's just take that right out there and let's put kids in that state of cognitive dissonance. Um, Vygotsky used to refer to that as the zone of proximal development. Let's go right in that space of where all of a sudden they're like, oh, that's a little confusing, right? So what's happening here? And then we have very rich conversation to work it out. So that's the second idea. And then the third are concepts that are learned in pairs. So when we learn things close together, 
it's often hard to separate them. And they remain, if we remember, I was doing that sort of um, filing cabinet in our brains, right? They remain so close together, we, we say things like, wait a minute, is it this or that, right? And so in this case, it's even a little more complicated because I have parallel lines and I have perpendicular lines. And unfortunately, they both begin with P. And so I need to help kids separate those things. And so there's other strategies about how we instruct to help sort that out. But acknowledging like, wow, lots of us get these confused. So let's talk about it. What is the same but different? Well, they both begin with P. Yes, they're both lines. Yes. However, the thing that's important here is, right, the way that those two lines are juxtaposed with each other and do they intersect or never intersect? So the third question in our chat's quiet and that's fine. And I'm also unable to kind of jump in there myself with you. Think about what are some concepts that are learned in pairs so you can help tease that out. So the three ways that you can pull those in are connecting concepts, thinking about maybe fractions to decimals or um, there's lots of the ideas. We did the counting one, um, naive conceptions, concepts learned in pairs. So those are all ways that you can find things. And the last thing I want to talk about is how can you create your own slide? So I am going to take a moment to open up the website and you basically would just copy from here and plop that right into a slideshow. This was a lot of conversation in the past year as we found students in remote learning, um, but you still might wanna do this to develop a slide deck to present to your students. Maybe you don't wanna have to access the internet and rely on going into the website. So this is what the website looks like. And um, you can see the topics across the top. There's some stuff in here about, if I scroll down, this is where you could get that protocol if you click on it. There is a children's book if you're interested. But basically, let's just say we're interested in algebra. So I know Lebo the other day pulled a few things from here. If you're interested in looking at, here's a, this is a common misconception or a connection that I want to make. Um, we start working in algebra. And so what does X plus X mean? And what does it mean when I put the two right next to the X? And how do I make sense of symbolically what's going on? I might wanna have some conversation here. So the, the we can just click right on it and it will be large and we can show it that way. But if I wanna grab any image from here, you can pick any tab at all. So we can even go into place value you're going to just right click on something that you're interested in and copy that image, okay? And then you can go back over to your slideshow and you could paste it right in here. So if I get out of present mode, I'll be able to do that. And I can just paste it right in. It's that simple. I could also make it the background. So I could save it and just do insert background. Um, so that's how you can, yes. So can you go to the website for us to see the website, if you don't mind? Yeah. Great, thanks. Absolutely. So the topics are across the top. You know, when I was in design phase on this, I thought a lot about, oh, standards, right? Or grade levels. And to me, those are a little bit um, 
artificial. Like, yes, we put the construct of grade levels within a system of wherever you live that if you're eight years old, you're in this grade level. But I really wanted to just see math as a journey. And so I just laid out concepts aside from grade levels. And I, I did not line them up to standards. We don't all work. We have international people here. We don't all work with the same standards. Um, even within the US, we have different standards. So they're by topic and you can go in and you can see them all, okay? Um, and they, they really do range within place value from first grade all the way up to what we might even see in sixth grade, uh, but they're um, all under that umbrella. Yep. So for some reason, um, we're still seeing the Google um, slideshow um, oh. with the steps to create a same but different instead of the website. If there's just that delay. There's, yeah, there's that's a delay. okay. When I'm in sharing, it's a delay. Okay, so I was scrolling and you're not seeing. Okay. Um, it's extremely user-friendly. You will, if you go to this website and you click, you will not need this little tutorial the, as far as how to find images. It's really, really, my, my web designer was amazing. And um, if you do have trouble, you can reach out to me. So the way you grab them is you go to an image, you right click it, and it gives you the choice of save image. And then you just come here and hit paste. It's very easy. So you can practice that and you can let me know if you're having any trouble with it. So I'm sorry about the tech situation um, with showing the video. So my apologies if that's frustrating you, but I think we're good. You can still see my slides, correct? Yes. Excellent. So I, I want to just talk about, I want to end with talking about this idea of a routine in the service of learning and equity. And somebody said something early on with the dogs, like everybody can, everybody can have something to say here, right? And so it really does allow for everybody to have voice, but it's also this really neat analogy where math can mirror our world. We are all the same, but different. You know, that's, that's what's beautiful about humans and about the world. We, we are different yet the same. And so um, I don't know if any of you are familiar with the Kindness Rocks Project. Sometimes you might find these rocks with inspirational messages around. They are found all around the world. And I will tell you, this is my friend from when I was six years old who started this movement. And she has this rock on her Instagram site. We are all different and yet the same at heart. So for me, there's just something very powerful about how mathematics can relate to us as humans and as humanity. So we can notice with our math concepts what's the same but different, but we can also be understanding we also honor things that are the same that connect us and we learn from one another as we recognize and acknowledge those differences. So thank you for being here today. Here's another way to get those journal pages, but I do think your best bet is to just go to the website. That's going to be quicker for you. But you can, you're going to get this as a handout. It's a PDF and you can take that link. If you've enjoyed learning from me tonight and you want to keep in touch with me, you can get on a mailing list um, and you just text you can grab your phone, 22828, and text the word Looney. That is my last name. <laughs> um, you can go ahead and get on that, that mailing list if you wanted to. And then, like I said, all the stuff on that website just remains. I'll go back to this one. That remains there for free always. That'll never, you know, that's, that's just something that I feel really passionate about, making sure everybody has access to. So I hope this has been valuable for you. I'm going to stop the share, and I'm going to go ahead and 
take any questions. If you want to go ahead and pop them, I can see the chat again. And then Jill, you're going to jump in and um, talk yeah. about how we wrap up tonight. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dr. Looney, for sharing with us. I hope you'll be able to stick around for just a few more minutes. We'll see if any questions pop up in the um, chat. Everyone in attendance, thank you for joining us tonight. Remember, you will receive a link to review and watch the, the video recording. Our next webinar will be September 21st, and the title is Using Virtual Manipulatives. Sounds like a great one, so be watching for your invite for that. Um, I am not seeing any questions, but I see lots of thanks. I think we're all walking away, Dr. Looney, with some great ideas. This was fantastic. Um, I, see, I see one question. Liebo is asking, is there a way to submit any same but difference to come up with? I have not added um, to the website, but I, 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 I definitely am not opposed to doing that. I would be happy to do that. So if you send anything to me on Twitter, I can put my at Looney Math um, and my website is in the presentation. You can absolutely send them to me. And um, if I, you know, if it fits underneath one of those categories, I'm happy to put that up there. I, I think that would be great. I think more heads around a, a conversation. I think that's awesome. I've also been gathering examples of student work for the book. So if anyone has student samples, those are those are welcome too. I always love chatting about this. Fantastic. All right. Any other questions for Dr. Looney? This was fun. Good. Lots, lots of ideas going through my head already. Good. So, all right, everybody. Thank you for joining us again tonight. We appreciate you watching every week or every other week this year. And um, we'll see you all on September 21st for virtual manipulatives. Thank you, Dr. Looney, so much. Yes, and thank you. I just want, I always like to just let teachers know what an honor it is that you choose to take time to listen to me. And I, I just want you to know, I see you and I appreciate you and everything that you're doing for students. Take care and be well. Thank you.